Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. A Gentle Thief, written and performed by Amanda Dixon. Episode 21. In Episode 20, Sophie Brownlee is in Cedar City on the campus of SUU looking for Robert Abel, Maddie's ex-husband. He doesn't teach there anymore. But she is able to find Dr. Mina Theron, who was the counselor to Maddie and Khan 20 years ago. She talks with Dr. Theron at length and eventually goes to Consulier's house. The back door is open, and she amazes herself, but she pokes her head in and winds up walking into the house and looking around. She's in the bedroom looking when the back door closes. And now, episode 21 of A Gentle Thief. New Year's Day, 1984. Khan drove under the speed limit all the way back from Vegas. He was in no hurry to get home, and he was still unsteady from the night before. He cracked the window to let some cold air in. He felt a little clammy and thick. He was afraid of getting pulled over, afraid of getting a ticket, afraid of checking his bank balance the next day. His thoughts kept slipping back down into self-loathing before he would tilt his head to one side and the other to shake it off. Then his mind would rest in blankness, staring ahead at the freeway as it reached forever into the desert. It was late afternoon by the time he took the second Cedar City exit. He thought of pulling into Wendy's and getting a triple. Why not add insult to injury? Plus the grease sounded good to him all of a sudden. But before he could pull into the drive-thru, he realized he had no cash. Literally, no cash. He had spent his last dollar on a small milk and a package of mini donuts at the convenience store in Mesquite. He saw Gina's car in his driveway as soon as he rounded the corner onto his street, just a few blocks north of SUU. Great, he said out loud, disgusted. This is going to be lovely, he thought. He considered driving right on by, but he was just too tired to keep going. He parked in front of the house so he didn't block her in the driveway. He hoped she wouldn't be staying. She got out of her car and started running toward the jeep before he had even pulled to a stop. Ka! 
Con! Oh, my God, Con! She screamed. He couldn't tell if she was mad at him for leaving her alone on New Year's Eve or afraid for her life. Or maybe she had just finally completely lost it. He thought for a second she was warning him about something behind him, like a plane falling out of the sky. Instinctively, he turned and looked around. They think you did it. They're looking for you, she babbled on, nearly incoherent. The cops came to my house and wanted to know where you were. I didn't know. I didn't know where you were. What? Slow down. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. You don't know. Her expression actually got more wild. You don't know, do you? Gina's usually bloodshot eyes were nearly solid red. Her hair was greasy and twisted from her fingers pulling at it for the last several hours. She searched his eyes frantically, looking for a place where she could tell him. No what? he asked, starting to feel queasy again. She's dead, Con. She's dead. And they think you killed her? Who, who's dead? he asked, even though he knew what she was going to say. His lips mouthed the name, even as Gina said, Maddie! His mouth stayed open. He looked down to the left and nodded slowly and rhythmically, letting it sink in. She's dead. She's dead. Maddie's dead. How? He asked. I don't know, Gina gasped, so relieved to finally let go of her news. They wouldn't tell me anything, but Lori's dating this guy, Alan Roth, who's a cop, and he told her it was a gunshot to the head. Someone shot her. Can you believe it? Or maybe she shot herself, he said in a voice barely audible. Shot herself? Gina had not considered that possibility. When, when did it happen? He asked as he started walking toward his house. Gina followed. I don't know. Last night, I guess, a cop came by my house this morning to ask me where you were. All he said was that Maddie had been found dead and he wanted to talk to you about it. Khan unlocked his front door and walked inside, feeling his head clear as he found his purpose. He walked to the bathroom and started running water. He reached for his toothbrush and began brushing. Gina was standing in the doorway watching him. Maddie was dead. He rinsed his mouth and spat in the sink. Maddie was dead. He splashed water on his face and dried it with a towel. Maddie was dead. He pulled off his shirt and went into the bedroom for a clean one. I'm going over there, he said to Gina as he walked past her and out the front door. As he drove down Main Street and turned to head up to Maddie's house, Con flashed on the dream of her dressed in a wedding gown covered in blood. Then he flashed on her, holding her gun, pointing it up at him, asking him if he was scared. She had seemed so easy with it, like a girl would be twirling a purse. Then he flashed to holding her in her bed the other night, hearing the pain in her voice, the hopelessness. 
He had wanted to feel something for her that night. He had really tried to feel something. There were several cars parked in front of Maddie's house when he got there. Two cop cars and two other cars Con didn't recognize. He pulled as close as he could. About halfway between Maddie's house and the other house she rented to that guy, Junior something. Junior's truck was in his driveway. His lights were on. Con started walking toward Maddie's house when he recognized a cop named Kevin something standing on her porch. He knew Kevin from Hal's. He had met him there a year ago, maybe more. He remembered the night. He had gone out with one of the sales guys from the station after work and wound up staying to watch a jazz game. Kevin had been there with a couple of other guys who Con's co-worker knew. Kevin seemed a little dense, Con thought, but a good enough guy. He had forgotten until just now that he was a cop. Kevin had been talking on the porch with a blonde guy Con thought he recognized, too. They were just winding up their conversation. All right, catch you later, Junior, Kevin said. The blonde guy gave Con a strong look, almost challenging, as he squared his shoulders and walked past him and back down the street. Junior, he was Maddie's neighbor. Con had heard a lot about him. Junior is so good with the house, Maddie would say. Junior came over and wired these new lights. Don't they look great? Junior said this isn't the way you treat a girl. So that was Junior. Kevin stepped off Maddie's porch and approached Con. Hey there, Kevin said. Hey, Con replied, looking back toward Junior before he turned to face the officer. You know that guy? Junior? Oh, sure, everybody knows Junior. Kevin paused a little awkwardly. I guess you heard, he started. Yeah, I I just got back and Gina told me. Junior called it in. He came over this morning to check on her and found her. It was pretty bad. Shot herself with a thirty-eight right right to the head. But Gina said the cops were looking for me, that you thought I did it, Con said with some attitude. No, we just need to establish where you were, cover all the bases, that kind of thing. We knew it was a suicide right from the get-go. There was another awkward pause. What a shame. She was something to look at, wasn't she? Yeah, she was beautiful. How'd you ever get her to talk to you? Kevin asked. She wouldn't give me the time of day when I came to do my officer-friendly stuff over at the school. I didn't know if she was stuck up or what. The officer shook his head. That pretty face, so messed up. Can I go in? Con interrupted him. Sure. Kevin turned and headed back up the porch. So, where were you last night? Vegas, Con muttered. Just tell the detective that when we get inside. Can anybody verify you were in Vegas? Yeah, but I don't know her name. Kevin smiled and opened the door. There was another cop standing inside the door and a man sitting on the couch making notes in a small notebook. One of the dining room chairs was knocked over on its side. The house smelled a little smoky, like Maddie had forgotten to open the flue when she started a fire. Where is she? Con asked, wanting very much to see her, to see the horror of it up close, 
to make his eyes confirm what Kevin was saying. Coroner sent her up to Salt Lake for the M.E. to do the autopsy, Kevin answered. The man on the couch clicked his pen and put it back in his jacket pocket. Who do we have here? He asked Kevin. This is Khan Solier, Kevin introduced him. Ah, the boyfriend, the man said. Mr. Solier, I'm Detective Wagner with the Cedar City Police Department. I'd like to ask you a few questions, if you don't mind. I don't mind, Khan replied. I understand you and Madeline Johnson were dating? Not really, Khan answered. I mean, we spent some time together, but I wouldn't call it dating. We had a kind of weird relationship. Tell me about it, the detective pushed. We just brought out the worst in each other. At least that's what she said. But we never really had anything other than a lot of long conversations and some Mexican food. How long had you been having these long conversations? We met last summer, so four or five months, I guess. Where were you last night, Mr. Solier? Detective Wagner pulled his pen back and started taking more notes. Vegas. I drove there yesterday after I got off work. Anybody go with you? Just me. Spend time with anybody while you were there? Yeah. A blonde. I didn't get her number. The detective made another note. Did Maddie ever say anything to you about wanting to harm herself? Khan paused. The detective looked up from his notebook. Yes, 